Hi, this is Megan Callahan, OMS2 at LeeCom. This is Scholar Plus Podcast, gathering people of like minds. Here are our hosts, Michael Rowan, DO, and Bob Hostoffer, DO. Welcome to the sixth podcast on, on Scholar Plus on osteopathic philosophy. This is Bob Hostoffer. I'm an osteopathic physician, and I'm welcoming back Mike Rowan, an osteopathic physician. Hey, great to be back, I'll tell you. And Ken Palco, our resident philosopher. Welcome back. Thank you for the invitation. Always a pleasure to join you and speak to, with the two doctors on this topic. Fantastic. Well, you know, when we first began this, Mike and I talked about osteopathic philosophy and what it really meant, right? What, what did it mean to us? And we, we went through that. We invited a family doc in and talked to him a little bit, uh, Dr. Leon, and asked him what it meant. And, and so in some spaces, we were defining ourselves as uh, as osteopathic physicians, as OMM only. We didn't talk about the philosophy at all. Every time we talked about philosophy, let's talk about OMM. And then, then we had this brilliant of idea to, to bring a philosopher in. And then Ken came in, and he started pouring over AT's philosophy. And over three, three, or, three or four of these uh, podcasts, we've come up with the idea that, you know, we're just not OMM. We're, we're osteopathic physician philosophers. Mm-hmm. And I think that was just what a brilliant statement you made, Ken. That was just excellent. Well, thank you. Yeah, I, I believe that um, a pro- always remembering that philosophical foundation of the discipline is so important because at its essence, a philosopher is trying to gain a deeper understanding of this world around us. And in this case, it would be uh, the world of health, maintaining health in the human body, understanding the human body. So if we, if we remember what a philosopher f- is and, and, and the characteristics, and that uh, is what I presented in the, in the lecture there when we did that, um, I think that's going to help us all be, become better uh, physicians. Correct. Yeah. You know, I, I just uh, that Ken created a, a, a lecture for us, and we're going to put it on YouTube. It's going to be called Scholar Plus Osteopathic Philosopher. So you can view that on YouTube in the near, near future. Now, we went a step further. Uh, Mike and I, uh, Mike decided to take this to the uh, med students and residents and form small groups and let them look at these podcasts. We wanted to see what they really thought and what, they, what it really meant to them to be a philosopher. So, Mike, you want to tell them a little bit about what we did? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you see, you know, I mean, in Northeast Ohio, I work with Bob, and we've had – Hey, quarterly, we try to have kind of a special osteopathic seminar series and doing it, but it has really been focused more upon concepts of osteopathic manipulative medicine, osteopathic manipulative technique. And what we really realized, you know, Bob and I discussed, we said, we really have got to take this philosophy section because we had multiple specialties that are there, because it's one thing that's a commonality that they all have in doing it. And, and what we decided to use is we used one of our podcasts with Ken and we put together, we felt it may be helpful to do this a bit differently. Let's do a reflective question that looks at the element of the mind, body, spirit, which is central to the osmotic philosophy itself. And the question we pose to the group is, what is the relevance, you know, in the osteopathic approach to healthcare? We didn't put any constraints around people. We just made it open-ended because we wanted to get what each group would do. I think we had six different groups and they gave a different opinion looking at that. You know, Mike, they had a little bit of, there were some med students there, there was yeah. residents there, there were fellows, there were attending. So it's a, it was a broad range of osteopathic 
learning in there so that uh, in, in every group had reflected that, uh, that, uh, that group. You're right, because we had, you know, people that were novices that have just come into the profession. Those who, like I, we always talked about, Bob and I say, you know, we're at this decades now, and now we're getting reflective and, you know, and looking at things deeper as we're doing it. And so, but you're at different points in your career where how you look at things and, and getting those different opinions we thought was really, really helpful. Yeah. My wife always told me I was walking down a dark road to be more reflective, but that's okay. So, um <laughs> So I was just I was just going to say that I I I wasn't there during these questions, but just the the, the idea that you that you brought up the idea of the fo- the philosophical foundation of your discipline and and that you're 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 uh, recognizing that and 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 exploring that I think that is so important uh, and because sometimes the word philosophy I know with my own students here at the college they've never had a class in philosophy typically and so they're very it's very it could be very intimidating and and sometimes people have misconceptions about philosophy and what is a philosopher and and I always stress that it's it's not about some abstract impractical body of knowledge it's it's about being a better person in the world. And we're all going to be better by trying to be philosophers in whatever Great. you choose to do, in this case being a, a you know, physician. We were talking out there over pizza. We were talking about, you know, so when you talk about medicine, it's like you talk about uh, sutures and scalpels, but you don't talk about philosophy, right? We don't sit down and use the words of philosophy. And if, if you would do me a favor during mm-hmm. that lecture, can you just give me those sort of the characteristics quickly of, the, of a philosopher? Well, there's no, def- there, there, first of all, there's no, no definitive list, but um, I, I can tell you some of the characteristics that we speak about in, in being a philosopher. Um, one of, one of the central characteristics is curiosity and, and, and being curious and asking questions. And that that really, so much in our educational system, and, and again, I went through this system, K through 12, college, undergraduate, graduate school, you, you almost feel like you're, you're memorizing stuff. It's always, you know, studying for that next exam. And, and the questions don't seem to be in, as important. But it's that idea of when you ask a question, that forces you to think deeper. You've now you're you've moved beyond memorizing. So I mean, you could give someone a list, bones of the body, and they can memorize the list of bones, the names, and they might say, "Oh, I know the bones. You know, I passed the test." But do they truly understand the bones? And to get to that deep understanding. You have to ask questions. You have to be curious. You have to be curious about that. So that's that's one of the central characteristics of a philosopher. Now, so what I did in that lecture is I went through some of these characteristics, and then I, I found examples in A.T. Still's life uh, and connected them to the characteristic that we would call him the, a physician philosopher and, and something that we, we would aspire to. So I think that was yeah. great. Yeah, that was neat. And I, I, I think that... Looking at him, and we, we talked about they never wrote a book on OMM. He wrote books on philosophy. I think three books, Mike, mm-hmm. right? Three books on philosophy? Yeah, I, um, you know, I think I think it's four. Four, yeah. Take a look at that. Yeah, he was, he was big. He was, I mean, that's, you're right. It was the focus. It was, you know, he never he was very careful not to, um, you know, right. I mean, was, honestly, there was a book he was working on technique that I think he decided not to go forward with it. And they found some things later they were developing from it because I think that he wanted to go in that direction. 
he was very fearful of people being so focused on a technique they would lose the individual ability to how they would approach it and think he can said he said the courage being open-minded and exploring they would lose that because you become more you know concrete and dogmatic practical. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah and i think that's that that's the bit that can you you taught us here that it's a it's the observation it's the rationalization it's the action you know it's all that mm-hmm. uh, plus the courage the you know the ability to step out of the box uh, to step into you know a creativity you know more deeper than we think we can go we always there's it's something more deeper than than where what's here yeah and I, I get excited when I read at stills work because because, again, when we're trying to understand, in this case, the, the, the human body, uh, a lot of times people will gain, especially if you're in medical school, I imagine you're reading a lot of textbooks, medical textbooks. And so you're getting expert testimony. But A.T. Still would, would challenge you to actually gain that personal experience and this, you know, hands-on um, to get that understanding idea. Like, per, you, you know, he's talking about gain gaining that personal experience, using your capacity to think and reason, and then you're going to come to an understanding. Um, so actually, sometimes when in, in this his one book that I read, um, The Philosophy and Mechanical Principle of Osteopathy, he takes sometimes a rather harsh approach to the, the textbooks of the day. You know, it almost sounds yeah. like he says, don't, 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 don't read, read those. Right? Yeah. Don't read those. <laughs> Yeah, they, people didn't like him, uh, but uh, you know, <laughs> but that was the courage—the courage yeah. it took. Say, don't look at that. L- right. Listen to me. Let's make some observations. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I and I think that mm-hmm. was the the open mindedness, and uh, he he expected that out of his students. Mm-hmm. Now, Mike, why don't we go ahead and uh, talk about those? What group? Do you want to talk about the first group or? Yeah, yeah, I think that might be helpful. You know, again, we 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 broke everyone into small groups, and they varied from again third year med students to you know, senior fellows and, you know, attending physicians uh, with years of experience. So, and we blended them together. And we asked each group, again, to look at that question of that mind, body, spirit, and what is the relevance in the osteopathic approach to healthcare? And we wanted to get what that group would look at and ideas they had. So I'll share with each group and then we can kind of, we think about that. So again, looking at that, the one group said, they said, well, look at A.T. Still. He said he really transformed healthcare today. He Integration, integrated mental health and society. Um, it is a model that helps with the econ- economy of the patient's concerns. Um, I talked about counseling patients and the model is a partnership. It's not a lecture to patients, but that partnership. And they felt the priority of issues of patients were setting goals for success. So those are the ideas that they came up from the one group. That one group. And, and again, using mind, body, spirit as the construct for our philosophy, yes. right? That, and so, but also, how, yeah, yeah, fits into that osteopathic, uh, you know, approach to healthcare. Mm-hmm. Ken, what do you think of that? Uh, yeah, I, I think there's something to be gained here. Obviously, uh, when we're looking at mind, body, spirit, uh, I, I mean, I, I look at it a, a bit differently. Um, but again, I'm not in medical school, so of course, I, my perspective is going to be different. Mm-hmm. We would ex- we would expect that. Um, so, but yeah, I think there's some, some stuff, some base basis to start thinking philosophically. We, mm-hmm. well, at least, least almost historical on some of this because it's AT it's, you know, there's, there's some historical aspects there 
and then the counseling of the patients, the partnership with the patient, maybe that's a little bit more observational. Mm -hmm. The priorities uh, that the patient is the priority, you know, the set mm -hmm. goals and issues and success, and that might be partly, but it sounds like the, there's a little bit. We're, we're moving forward, yeah. right? I, I, I think one of the, <clears throat> again, I, well, I haven't studied all of it. I think A.T. still, there's over 4,000 pages of his writing out there. I haven't mm. studied all of that. But mm. I think when we're looking at this first philosophical principle, the body is a unit, body, mind, and spirit. And that's going to, we're going to use that principle to help us gain an understanding of, mm. of the body. And I think what he's reacting to is more, you might call it like... <sighs> The, the physicians of the day that maybe just looked at the person, the patient, as body. Right. Okay, here's the broken bone. Let's set the bone. That's it. You know, cast it, set. And, and that's certainly one way of understanding a system, you know. Yeah. But I think A.T. still sees the human being as much more complex than just a body, a mechanical system. There's this... There's, there's mind more to and it. spirit. Yeah. yeah, there's more to it than just like the body. That. I like that the, the, the body's a unit of mind, body, body spirit. The, the person is a, is the a unit. The person, yeah. It's, of mind, body, spirit. I like that. Yeah, and what we, sometimes what we tend to do is we, even in the tenant, they separate out mind, body, spirit into these three components. Hmm. I think what we want to try to do, and this is, again, one of these mental shifts. It's a, it's a it's a way of changing how you're looking at the world is not to understand them as separate units. They actually work together as a whole. There's a oneness there. And yes, we could separate them out to try to maybe gain an understanding, but we don't want to lose sight that mm. it's, and maybe that's what, you know, I, I thought it was always strange to use the word unit, body as a unit, but that, I think unit is so we don't forget that it's all three together. It's not the separate component. Yeah. And I think a lot of times, you know, we, we get very uh, mechanical when we think about unit and what he meant by unit. And we think, okay, it's the bones, it's the liver, it's the brain. But I, maybe maybe it's mind, body, spirit, the unit he was referring to. I, I would, yeah, that's the, I think you said it better than I. That's, yeah, that's the point I'm trying to yeah. make. Mm -hmm. the, 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 the unit is all three together, yeah. working together. Yeah. I, I do think, though, we have to remember that this all occurred during the mechanical era. Oh, yes. So this mechanical yeah. age also impacted his perspective. The spiritualism was big during that time. So he still wrote kind of the three texts, and he had his own autobiography. I mean, those are the things he wrote. Those reflective books were in, esteemed in this era. His father was a physician minister. I mean, so it was all connected, and he looked at that, and he kept talking about it. You know, the human yeah. being, you know, and how we were, you know, the machinery of yeah. life and doing it. Yeah, that's true. But you know what's interesting, Mike, is, and as I, I went to the next group, I was just put, pulled up the next group. It seems like they, they grow off each other, right? The first one is okay, but this one's a little bit more, right? It's a little bit yeah. more. So it's like that growth we have in philosophy, always looking deeper, right? Mike, yeah. talk us about this other group. Yeah, the, the other one here tried to look closer at that interrelated, you know, versus being separate, the, the holistic thing. So they were focused on that. They said, you know, again, things as physicians, our actions speak louder than words. They looked at the individual success, you know, kindly impacting others, how we're approaching. 
they say, you know, looking where patients come from, connecting with them, the, the touch that we have, self overall wellness, how communication and eye contact, again, the spirit, looking at the person that cares. Uh, I mean, all these aspects, they were looking at that continuum. You know, it was interesting, though, Mike, that it, because when you were doing this up there, you were, you, you were asking each group, uh, tell me what you think. And then <clears throat> they said, and then, you know, we said, okay, that sounds good. Then the next group, uh, well, maybe we ought to get a little deeper on this. And this is what I'm saying. They got a little deeper, yeah. didn't they, Ken? Uh, yes, this, this uh, second slide uh, here um, seems to explore it uh, a bit more, um, making some of these connections uh, more explicit, uh, you know, interrelated versus separate. That's exactly what we were talking exactly. about before we right. switched to this slide. So that was, and I, I, I hadn't seen these ahead of time, so that's pretty exciting. Um, and this idea of the spirit and the idea of a, a person outside of oneself, that connection, um, when it was, you know, the idea of spirit, there's something beyond yourself. Mm -hmm. I mean, we, you look at different religious traditions. There's it's, and we have different names for that higher being. But it's something outside of yourself. You're not the end all and be all of everything. So yeah. when you, in, in Aristotle, he, you know, the idea that we're social animals that we, we interact with others. So having that that connection to something yeah. beyond yourself is important. And, and I think that's missed quite a bit, but he, yeah, they, they got they it. Got with they the, got it. You yeah. know, somebody cares about me beyond, beyond myself. Beyond, yeah. the, beyond the, the bone, the skin. Mm -hmm. the, the, you know, I, they care about more than that. Yeah, I'm not just, you know, like a, a machine, you yeah. know, a yeah. physical body. There's more to me. I'm not a cadaver. <laughs> not a cadaver. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's what it is. You yeah, have a cadaver yeah, on the right. table in medical school. It's a cadaver. Right. You know, right. You're not relating to it. It's a cadaver. Yes, a person's good. not a cadaver. Mm -hmm. A person has built, built in the mind, the body, spirit. You have to recognize and has to be worked with. Mm -hmm. Mike, um, how about the next one? Yeah, and, and remember, too, we had different groups, and I think also depends upon Again, if anyone, the reflective nature where they're at. The next group, really, they took a different thing. They looked at the struggles our healthcare system. They look at the time limitations and helping patients and limitations so, but themselves. But they said, you know, with our perspective, you know, we're focused on resources themselves, nutrition to help them focus on their own struggles, economic and others to get healthcare, addressing mental health, you know, beyond just nutrition, their mental health limitations and getting care taking advice. So they, they were kind of looking at that dimension of it. What do you think, Ken? Well, th this is interesting. Um, it, it had been a while since my last podcast, so I had over winter break, and I started reading more about A.T. Still. So I think A.T. Still would appreciate some of these insights. There's, I was reading stories sometimes when he would uh, visit a patient. Um, there, there was one uh, uh, story when he visited a patient that was working in a blacksmith shop and uh, and he had a hammer and he and he misstruck the the anvil and seriously damaged his leg like his knee leg knee area and the before AT still got there they wanted to amputate the leg and a, AT still he sees he he does um, his his uh, observations and he goes and he sits in a chair 
puts his legs up and he, he wore a hat. He puts his hat over his eyes and people around him think, what, what, what is he doing? What is he, you know, he's falling asleep or something. And he, he's still, he's just there thinking, thinking, thinking. And then finally he gets back up and um, he is diagnosed, no, no need to amputate the leg. And, and, that took a lot. It, it took him time. You know, he wasn't on a, even in that diet, you know, that was an emergency situation. Yep. He still took the time to gain that understanding mm -hmm. using, you know, his understanding of the structure of the bones and what was damaged, what was left, what will, what will heal itself. You know, that's one of the tenants. Mm -hmm. the, the body is, is capable of self-healing mm -hmm. and understanding. It's, it's that, the observation, yeah. you know, the observation. Then rationalization when yeah. he put his hat down. Mm -hmm. And then action. Right? Yeah, that thinking, that thought process takes time. Mm -hmm. And and yeah, you could have done the easy thing and just amputate the leg. Cut off, yeah, yeah, cut it off, you know. But uh, interesting. Yeah. So yeah. I, I really I thought that was um they did say, you know, a little bit of in the last bullet to say ad address mental health beyond nutrition, mental health limitations to getting care. So, you know, there's a little there about the mind. They're talking mm -hmm. about the mind, uh, you know. Patients, individual struggles. Okay, yeah, maybe spirit, but it's with mind and mind advice. So they're 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 sampling it. They're they're mm -hmm. looking at it. So I I, I think that's encouraging. Uh, Mike, what about? Is there another one? Yeah, there's another. But you know, even again, this one we just talked about too. You're right because it, it is a different perspective of looking at people. You know, and sometimes we just blow through things because we're busy. We got things going on, but you know, still addressing things are important. And next one, they they really. The next group, they looked at, you know, they can, that connection of self, and it's hard to read, you know, themselves. They looked at, you know, sometimes people, their hope and anxiety themselves, you can't really separate things going on. They talked about diagnosing treating condition. That's not a primary complaint, but the major issue. When someone comes in, we know as physicians, we have experienced someone comes in with one thing, but that's not what brought them there, or they don't recognize themselves. And other things that these other major issues that addressing that because we look at people more a little bit more depth of them the end of life and the importance of passing on and how to help people and they get their spirituality settled in their mind and body more at ease and really a passive dignity and ease into less anxiety so now they're looking at a perspective end of life mm. how that fit into it so it's very interesting how they took that stance to get their interpretation of that different perspective yeah ken well i, I think this uh last slide is interesting because they come to this or they, they make this insight, well, cannot separate mind, body, spirit. So going back to what we were saying earlier, the idea of seeing it as a unit. So I thought that that's very um, exciting uh, and encouraging to see. Um, and then the idea of, you know, living, uh, recognizing, the, you know, life and living a healthy life and dealing with just the, those mental health issues and anxiety of, of living a, a long, healthy life. So that, uh, I yeah. like how they put dignity in it because it's there. They talk about the dignity of that, that unit, the mind, mm -hmm. body, spirit, there's dignity within that. Yeah. It's a, it's a fellow human being mm -hmm. and we're, um, and they mentioned spiritual too. So it needs right. to get a spiritual life settled. Yep. So yeah. sure. I mean, I, I think that, you know, that one plays on the other, right? 
Right. I, I can make myself real sick with my mind, man. I can really think. Yeah. I can think bad stuff. But, you know, it's, but I think that, you know, you have to have all those straight. Right. And to, to, to find health, to, to achieve health. I mean, A.T. Still, I believe he, he would say, it's easy to find disease. Disease is easy to find. It's, it's much more difficult to find health. And, and even recognizing this, this mind-body-spirit connection is, I think, an important part of, of finding the health. Right. I mean, you can always, you know, f- you know, find the disease or broken bone. or Those things are kind of obvious, right? Right. You know, there it is. <laughs> right. but, uh, but to find the way to move that person into health, mm-hmm. right? Mike, was there another one? Yeah. We were a final one, the group that we had came together. And, and they, they really kind of looked at that relationship between the physician-patient and the osteopathic perspective. And they say, patients want a physician be heard you know i'm you know it's not just you know, the one comment they had is here's a treatment and off you go or they said the perception themselves they want to approach the cares that the patient you know the patient's desire the patients are being heard they're listening to the patient works both for the patient and physician so they really focus on that relationship between the physician and being engaged in that encounter so with them mind body spirit is connection is, you know, listen to me, you know, and, that, and listen, because I'm, I have, I have dignity, you know, I'm a human, I'm an individual with, you know, one unit of mind, body, spirit, listen to me. And I think that's, I th- they got that. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Ken? Yeah, I, I, I think that's important, uh, this insight. Uh, the patient and the physician, it's, 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 in a way, it's a partnership. I mean, the, the physician can't do it all, Right. <laughs> You, you, the, the patient has to, and, and, and maybe this, I think a lot of people overlook this today. Um, people um, don't look at maybe how they're living their life, their nutrition, what they're doing, stress levels, and, and, and they just think, okay, I'm, I'll go to the doctor, they'll make it all better. Hmm. You know, give me some pills, Pill. right? Yeah. Um, but here I think it's important that, that, that uh, both the patient and the physician are or listening to each other, working together to find that health. health. Yeah. But do you think that's the first step into, you know, looking at mind, body, spirit is to hear? Isn't that the first entry? We're listening. Well, yeah, listening, yeah. So first entry into their mind, their body, spirit. Isn't that the first thing? I, well, listening, um, seeing, you yeah. know, you can, you can, and, and for, for AT still touch. Yeah. So again, going back to that, the, the philosophical foundation here. Um, yes, you can gain understanding by reading someone, an expert's textbook or an opinion. But I think what's important is by using your senses and observing, and observation is a skill that we can all improve. I mean, we can have a whole podcast on just improving your observational skills, but listening, seeing, touching, um, that's going to help yeah. help us. That's a good one. That's, I mean, you know, what he said, using all senses mm-hmm. as an introduction into the mind, body, spirit. This mm-hmm. is how we enter mind, body, spirit, by using our five yeah. senses. And, yeah. and still was, still used. He used all senses. Mm-hmm. He didn't just limit to one. And I think that point is critical. It was everything because I, he was really the master person of observed and talk about whole observation. And he noticed things and subtle things people didn't pick up on. But that made a difference because those things allow you to go a different level. And I think what's nice about each of these areas, I think people did a different look at it themselves, but they were also saying one common theme was 
it was going to a different level of how we look at patients, how we perceive patients, and how we are engaged in that patient encounter as well. It, it takes time too. I think it's mm-hmm. time. There's time. You have to. Yeah. You have to apply that. Yeah, and 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 also recognize that like there's a there's a difference between your your sense uh, data coming in through your your touch, your sight, your ears, and actually perceiving something. Perceiving take you have to become conscious of it. So uh, I'm just thinking like wa- watching someone walk, like their gait. You can have two people watching someone walk, and they'll see them walking. But someone that's trained in these osteopathic uh, techniques and principles and philosophy, they will observe things like maybe one shoulder's higher than the other, or the you know the the way the foot is landing. They're going to perceive things very differently, even though the two people were <laughs> observing the same person walking. The one reaches a deeper understanding and maybe could you know, something is out of alignment, that going back to one of those, um, the, you know, the, the, the idea of function. Structure and function. Structure, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's true. The, well, what they focused a lot in medical school, what we used to do is, you know, anatomy. We had anatomy. We had cadavers. We had mm-hmm. anatomy. Nowadays, it's a, it's a 3D picture. Oh, it's, it's a textbook. It's virtual. It's virtual. And so you don't get to feel the tissue. You don't get to oh, touch, wow. right? Yeah, you miss that. Yeah. And that's, that's the sense, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. how, how are we, you know, how are we doing that? How are we training these people? So I really, you know, cadavers for, uh, it's horrible. But I mean, it's, but it's, it's a genuine sense learning, learning that sense. Right. You know, so, yeah. Yeah, Mike, what was that? What's the last, you know, we, we, what did we find out? Well, I think, I think a number of things. We said, we tried to look at defining ourselves better as osteopathic physicians. So we realized, again, we came back to observer, reasoner, active participant, be engaged. All those five senses. And then the term that we came to after our long discussion last time was physician philosopher that brought it to himself. And, and with that, how we talked about mind, body, spirit is a community action event. And all these things together, you know, we're kind of, we, we saw the summary of things from that. Yeah. Yeah. That's and exactly. I think that how it ends is that, you know, we, we use our skills, our, our senses uh, over and over observing patterns. And uh, this is our entry point to the mind, body, and spirit. It makes a more effective communication and it's essentially a more efficient way of looking for health. Yeah. What do you think, Ken? Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, I think that's a nice way to, to kind of bring this together. Uh, yeah. At least with this first tenant here about the the body as a unit and the and the mind body spirit, um, and and the understanding the importance of of the patient being a person a human, um, you know I, I think you know I, I I'll, again I, I repeat I'm not a physician but I've gone to physicians, and I can't tell you the number of times I'll go see a physician and. Instead of observing me, they go to what used to be a chart. They would read, open up a folder and read a chart. Well, now it's like on a computer, and they're not even reading. Yeah, the sense of sight is right. gone. So right. there's no touch, there's no sight, there may yeah. be some hearing, right. but you're limiting that for those five senses, right? You're yeah. limiting these things. Right. And yeah. I, I, again, I'm going back, I, I, I could see like AT still like cringing, <laughs> like, you know, put down the chart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, touch the patient. Touch yeah, they, the patient. And, and yeah. I think that's that's I think that's what we're getting out of it. And I think these groups. So 
do you think they're the philosophers we want? Are they philosophers? What, what are well, they? We're, yeah. we're, we're, like I said a half hour ago, we're, we, when we were small children, we were great <laughs> philosophers. We had a lot of those characteristics. Yeah. Uh, you, you didn't worry about offending someone with a difficult question. You, you're curious. You're trying to gain that understanding. You're, 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 you're you know, children, you're using all your senses. You're out there playing in the world and, um, you're not worried about getting dirty. <laughs> so I, I think it's important to understand that being a philosopher is not some, you know, position high on a pedestal. We're, we're all striving to be philosophers. Yeah. And, and so I think that's an, an important message to understand. Yeah, some, someone once said the shepherd has to smell like the sheep. There you go. <laughs> that that's very profound, Bob. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> so I think another important thing to understand when we talk about you know the physician philosopher, that the idea of of a philosopher, it's not like you get a you, you take an exam and you get a certificate that says, oh, now you're a philosopher. <laughs> um, this is it's it's a lifelong journey. It's it's a continual you know way of being in the world and engaging with others and, and, and gaining those deeper understandings. With osteopathy, we have these four tenets. They're not going to change. Okay? We, this is the, the foundation of the discipline. But how we interpret these and what we can gain, like the, maybe gain new understanding, maybe a new technique, new treatment, um, that could evolve, that should evolve. Yeah, wow. I, I think you're right. It's, it's evolution, but also makes us better diagnosticians. Mm -hmm. So if we, I think being a physician philosopher makes us a better diagnostician because we're using all five senses. We're looking at the body as a unit, mind, body, spirit. We're connecting, we're communicating. And I think that's what makes, that, that has to be part of what an osteopathic physician, physician's philosopher has to be. I, I would agree, yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, thanks a lot, everyone, for joining us. Uh, this was a great discussion. Thanks, Mike, for being here. Oh, yeah. You know, it's, you know, it's been great. I think we've really taken some time where we've really evolved as how we're looking at this, and it's been nice to see the process we've gone through. Yeah. And Ken, thanks. Thanks for being here. You know, maybe seven. Maybe, maybe we'll yeah, get you back always, for seven. Who knows? I, I, I don't tell know. you, the, the, the more time I'm spending with this, the more questions I have, I get more intrigued, and yeah. I, can, I can see myself uh, even studying this even even more. Well, thank you very much for coming to us and listening to us and, and learning a little bit about osteopathic philosophy. Uh, this was the um, Scholar Plus talking about osteopathic physicians. And uh, don't forget to go to YouTube and look at Ken Palco's lecture. I think it'll make a good connection with all of them. It'll sum everything up for us. Have a great night. Take care.